Good morning, everybody. Good to see everyone here. What a great day we have today. We are, uh, we've been talking uh, through this Advent series, and Advent simply means the uh, coming or arrival. And when we talk in uh, church arenas about Advent, we're talking about those Sundays leading up to Christmas where we're preparing our hearts for the arrival of Jesus, and we're preparing our minds for that, and we're, we're remembering that God himself came to this earth. That's what Advent is about. And we've been in a, in a series called No Fear. And uh, I, I think that it's one of those things we need to hear probably more about now than ever before because there are so many things in our culture and our society that can breed fear, isn't there? I mean, you, you think of the news that has gone out in the last just couple months and uh, of the terrorism and the war Think of the markets that just are going up and down and, and you know you get five different experts and they say five different things. You think of the political arena and all the what ifs that go behind that. It's enough to breed a little bit of fear. There's all kinds of things that can bring anxiety and fear into our life, whether it has to do with what's happening in our society or what's happening in your personal life. As you look into the future and say, God, what do you have for me in 2016? What do you have for me? moving forward. Often it can be difficult to trust God and to live a life of faith instead of fear. And I want to just encourage you and challenge you to remember the words of Paul to Timothy when he said, God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I need to hear that. I need to hear that over and over again, that it's easy to kind of react with the spirit of fear rather than the Spirit of God in us, where we are filled with the Spirit, doesn't mean that we, we don't have those anxious moments. It just means that we have access to the God who is in control of this world. And we, we, we are able to have our hearts settled. Matter of fact, Christmas Eve is going to be a powerful service. I want to encourage you to bring your friends and family to that. We're going to talk about the peace of God, uh, the peace in the midst of our chaos. And it's something that a lot of people need to hear. So I want to encourage you to come to that, make sure and bring somebody with you to that. Well, today we're going to talk about the fear of saying yes. The fear of saying yes. And I know a couple of you are probably thinking, well, I don't have that fear. I say yes to everything. My life is chaotic. It's like, no, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking about those of us who get overcommitted through too many yeses. I'm talking about the yes that comes from your heart, that goes towards God, that says, God, I'm yours. God, yes, whatever you want. That total, sold-out, surrendered commitment to Jesus Christ. And you think about that yes, and it's like, well, that one does maybe have some concerns behind it. That one has possibly even some fear behind it. You know, I know some of the guys in the room. You know, uh, guys, we, we can uh, struggle with the fear of commitments, the fear of saying yes, that you know, that yes that leads to that lifelong commitment of living with one person and being faithful to one person the rest of your life. And us guys, we just kind of, you know, it, it, it can be concerning. And, and I know that there's guys here probably that you're, you're, 
you're, you're leading your girlfriend on, you're helping her you know, see that you love her, but you just haven't said yes to the big commitment. You, you might even want fringe benefits out of the deal. You know, try before you buy. Not a good idea, but I, you know. And then you just tell her that you love her a lot and that you don't need that piece of paper and all it is is a stupid piece of paper. And you know, you guys are bigger than that. You are better and your love is deeper and more profound. And so you just keep feeding her all these lines, you know, to keep her on the hook. Give her hope. Help her think it's right around the corner. Some of you guys are ready to throw rocks at me. I know. You're like, dude, you're outing me, man. The truth of the matter is, is that whether you're a guy or a girl, we all struggle with this idea that we want good things from God. We want to be close to God. We want good things from God. We just don't want to make the lifelong commitment to God. That's like, oof. That's a big deal, right? I want the promise of heaven. I want to know that he loves me. I want to enjoy his blessings. I want to be told that a lot. I just don't know about the surrender thing to God, you know, where he has total access to every area of my life. I mean, after all, if I did that, what would God ask me to do, right? He might say, go to Africa, my worst fear, you know? He might say, hey, I want access to your bank account. Hey, man, that's my money. He might actually make me marry someone that I'm not even attracted to, you know, like some ugly person. And it's like, uh, I don't know. You know, yeah, they love Jesus, but I don't like them. We have, all kinds of, we have all kinds of fears when it comes to just giving our life to God and letting him lead the way. Well, uh, now that I have everybody mad at me, let's read a happy story. <laughs> called the Christmas story. Luke chapter 1, if you have a Bible, open it to verse 26, and we'll start right there. God sent the angel Gabriel. I love it. Angels are still um, roaming the earth. They're still doing stuff. Gabriel to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. I mean, think for a moment. When this happened to Mary, when she had this encounter with Gabriel, the angel, she's 13 or 14 years old. She's a teenager. And in that day, betrothal or engagement was actually a legal matter. It wasn't easily backed out on. I mean, it was like almost marriage. It was the next thing. I mean, matter of fact, if you were unfaithful while you were engaged, it was like as if you were married and you could be stoned to death for your sin. You were unfaithful. Joseph was probably picked out by the two parents because they were arranged marriages. And so here she is, 13, 14 years old. Angel comes to her. She's a peasant girl. She's young. She's never been with a man before. And the angel says, you're going to be pregnant, and the kid is going to be God. Now, picture for a moment you being married. Wouldn't that create some anxiety, some stress, some fear? Like, how is that going to happen for sure would be one question. Another might be, though, what is everyone going to think? I mean, can you imagine what was going through her mind? How am I going to tell my parents? How am I going to tell Joseph? How, what is the culture around me? Gonna, how, how am I going to be treated from this point forward? I mean, she's probably thinking, God, I'm going to have to sit down with Joseph over dinner, and we'll sit down, 
And, and at the right moment during the dinner, I'll tell him, Joseph, I'm pregnant, but good news, you're not the father. <laughs> Please pass the mutton, you know? I, she's probably thinking, Joseph is going to leave me. My parents will not believe me. My friends, all of my closest friends, and all of the families, and, and my, my village is going to out me. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be on my own. I may even be killed for this. That was the reality of this situation. I don't know about you. That would have created a, a lot of stress. That would have created a freak out moment. Luke chapter 1 verse 30 said, don't be frightened. So the angel perceives all of this emotion mounting on her. These thoughts, these questions, these fears. And the angel says, don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Now, if I was her, I probably would have thought, well, good thing I have favor with God, because what would have happened if I didn't? I mean, if this is what I get for being in good with God, what, what does he do to the people he's not? God's plans are often uncomfortable and inconvenient. I mean, that's the reality, isn't it? is that if you step into saying yes to God and you step into God's plans, there's a part of that where you're stepping into something that will probably be uncomfortable and inconvenient. I don't know about you, but I love comfort. I love convenience. Most of us as Americans do. When uh, I was at the AMC, or not the AMC, the, uh, the Northtown Mall and Regal Cinemas, you know, they put in those new, those new comfy seats. I love those seats. I mean, first time I got in one, you know, it's like a love seat, all to yourself. And you just kind of push the button, you go back, and it's like the perfect viewing angle. Comfortable, your feet are up, your drink, your popcorn. Like, I would pay nine bucks to go to sleep in that chair. <laughs> I love that chair. The problem is, is now it's not convenient to go. Because they, they took out all the masses of chairs, and they only have like 50 of those in a theater. And so you got to show up like three hours early, reserve it. You're B-102, you know? It's like, so now it's like booking an airline ticket. I don't go any longer because it's not convenient, because I, I need both comfort and convenience, you know? Most of us are that way. We think of that when it comes to our relationship with God. We want comfort. We want convenience. We don't want it to be hard. I mean, God's a loving God. Everything ought to bless me. I mean, that's kind of the way that we think. Lord, if, you, if I give you my life, even though you're Lord and God and creator, um, your plan better be good, and it better be convenient. But it's often not. God's main goal in your life is not to make you happy. Newsflash. His main goal in your life to make you more like Jesus. His main goal is to use you in a powerful way in this world today. And so his plans are different. Do you think that those plans that he unfolded to Mary made sense to her, that it sounded like an easy path? It certainly wasn't. Can you imagine the difficulty of facing what she was going to face as a teenager, as a young adult, as a married woman, Ruthless criticism. Then when she's pregnant, the day before she's going to deliver, she has to get on a donkey and ride from Spokane to Colville. 
You know, that's a long journey from, from uh, Nazareth to Bethlehem. A long journey, 70 miles, two, three days. And for those of you who are young moms, maybe you've been pregnant before, or yeah, if you're a young mom, you have been pregnant before. <laughs> maybe you would see that that would be painful, that would not be fun, that's not a great way to go into labor. You'd rather sit at home and watch funny movies and drink castor oil. You'd rather do something other than that. You're delivering your first baby without your mom, without a midwife, without a doctor, without a hospital. You're inside of a barn. You're with cows and donkeys. And that's, you're going to deliver yourself, and it's going to be tough. And it must have been easy to say, God, why? Why? Why is this happening? I've surrendered to your plan. God was fulfilling a promise he had made thousands of years before when he said the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. See, nothing in your life is an accident. <clears throat> nothing. There is a purpose behind every problem. It doesn't ever surprise God. He knows everything that's going to happen in your life. And, and, and the things that have happened, the bad things that have happened, I'm not saying God causes all those things. There's enough bad in this world. He doesn't need to cause any of that. But God uses our problems and our pain and our suffering, our inconveniences, to bring about his glory, to bring about his plan. Because he's building a big kingdom. He takes the bad and he brings good out of it. God's plans will often lead to some inconvenience and uncomfortable places, but also they're better. They're bigger plans than your plans. You'll, this is what Luke uh, chapter 1, verse 31 says. You, Mary, will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. See, God's plans are bigger than your plans. You know why the virgin birth is a big deal? Why that's important? The reason why that's important is because we have been infected with sin as human beings. And so God himself would have to seed Mary in order to bring about the perfect, sinless Son of God. That's the only one is capable of saving us from our sins, which is what Jesus means. That's his name. Savior. So perfect Son of God, born into this world, because God himself had to get involved in that. And you say, well, I don't know if I can believe that. Well, so you can believe Creator God can breathe into dirt and make you, or you can believe that God made woman from man. Those are pretty tough to believe. That God made the heavens and the earth, but God couldn't somehow figure out a way to impregnate Mary supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. See, God can do the impossible. God can do the impossible. And that's why his plans are bigger. They're different. They're not always, we can't always figure them out. I'm sure for Mary, she's thinking like most young moms, would, most young married couples would think, I just want to get married, I want to have a happy life, I want to settle down, I want to maybe get a little home near Shadle High School, I want to just have meat in the crock pot, I just want just to have a simple life. God said, no, I want to bless you. I want to bless the whole world through you. Slightly bigger plan. In verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but 
How can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Notice, not a lot of details there. Just God's going to get involved and God's going to do this. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. For nothing is impossible with God. Now, the typical reaction most of us have when, when we're being asked to say yes to God and just this open-hearted, forever relationship with God where he calls the shots is it can create stress. We're wondering, how, how's it all going to work out? How, how will my life play out? Or maybe it's in a practical area of your life. You look at your money and you're going, how are we going to make that payment? Or you look at that relationship that's distancing, that's breaking your heart, and you're saying, how will that person ever come back into the family? Could be any number of things, and we say, how, Lord, how? And Mary, she didn't doubt what God had said to the angel. She didn't doubt it. Like last week, we looked at Zechariah, and you know he had some doubts, he had some problems believing. She believed it, but she just said, how, God, how? Wow, how? There's a difference. There's a difference between no way and wow, how? How's this going to happen? People are still asking that 2,000 years later, right? How did, how did that happen? Well, the angel's response is not to give a detailed explanation. It's just to say, nothing is too hard for God. When God gets involved, when God gets involved, Miraculous things can happen. God can do anything. So don't sweat it. Let go of your need to control it. God would say that to us too, wouldn't he, today? I mean, we love control. We want to control our lives. We're told to control our lives. We're told we're in control when often we know we're not. But we're told we are. You're in control of your own destiny. You can do whatever you want in this life. Well, that is such a line. But it's not true. You can't do whatever you want in this life. And you're not always in control. And we want to be. And it creates stress when we don't feel we have control. And the things that bug us and, and give us anxiety and fear often are those things we can't control. And it's where we need to drop to our knees and trust God and say, God, I'm not in control. I'm not in control of this world. I'm not in control of my, every aspect of my job. I'm not in control of every aspect of my family. I'm not in control of all these things. We begin to just open our heart and open our hands, open our, our, our lives up to God and say, God, but you are. In verse 38, Mary responded. I love this response. It's a response that we can all learn from. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Wow. You think of the humility and the surrender behind that statement. Uh, I love the way the ESV puts it a little more accurately. It says, let it be done to me according to your word. It's, it's that same kind of vibe that Jesus gave in the garden when he said, not my will, but your will be done, Father. It's that open-handed, open-hearted posture of submission, of an attitude of surrender. May everything you say just come true, God. I mean, how would our life be different if we lived it that way? Here I am, God. I'm your servant. Just have your way. Let your will be done, not mine. How would that, how would that help the frustration of your life change? You have no idea how much God wants to use you. 
the kinds of plans that God has for you, they're, they're so much bigger than your plans for yourself. That all he looks for is just a surrendered heart. He doesn't want just a little piece of your life. He doesn't want to be just this little addition to your life. He doesn't want to be there in your life just to try and make you a little happier. Jesus is Lord. He is King. He is God. He wants to move into the very center place of your heart and your life. And he wants our response to be one like Mary where we say, God, I'm your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Last thing I want to communicate is just this idea that God's plans are always better than our plans. They're not just bigger, they're, they're better. Bigger is like, oh, okay, he's going to do all these things and I'm going to have to be inconvenienced and uncomfortable and all that. No. But ultimately, God's plans are better. His plan is not to harm you, as Jeremiah 29 says. His plan is to, to, to do good for you, to bless you, to give you a future, to give you a hope. When you cooperate with God's plan for your life, you begin to see things different. Your perspective changes. Your attitude changes towards your difficulty. See, God is interested in preparing you for eternity where you will spend forever and ever and ever with him. And that's why being uncomfortable or inconvenienced sometimes is the best thing for us because God is doing something so much bigger and so much better. And it causes us to have to really trust him and really trust his heart. Do you trust God's heart for your life? You look at Mary's response in Luke 2, verse 46. Here's her response. I love this. She says, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. Wow, what an attitude. I need that kind of attitude in the midst of my unknowns, in the midst of my future, in, in the hardships that hit. How about you? Do you need that attitude? God has done great things for me. God is doing great things for me. See, it hadn't happened yet. It hadn't happened yet when she wrote this prophetic song. It's just that it came out of her heart. That God is good, and God has good plans, and God is going to bless me, and God is blessing the world through me. Mary somehow got it. She saw that God's plans were bigger, they were better than her own, and he had invited this humble servant girl to say yes to him, and I am so glad she said yes to him because her yes led to my yes and leads to your yes. One person's completely surrendered yes to God has a ripple effect around the world. Can you see that? You don't know what will happen in your friendship circles and in your family circles if you would be that person to open your heart with a complete surrender to God and say, God, here I am. Change the trajectory of my family lineage. Change and break the addictive cycles that I've seen generation after generation in my family. Let it start with me. So let me just ask you before we leave, a simple ask. What is, what is God asking you to do or believe? What is he asking you to do or believe? See, if you belong to God, he speaks to his children. 
His, his children hear his voice. And I'm not saying audibly, I'm just saying that as you interact with the word of God, the Bible, and as you pray, God speaks direction and correction. God shaped you and formed you for a purpose, and he has a ministry for you. And some of, some of us know immediately the thing God is asking us to do, but we haven't done it yet. We're resisting. We're dragging our feet. And others of us, maybe that's a new question, and you need to kind of think about it, reflect on that. For some, it might be starting a, a new life group. For others, it may be restoring a relationship that's gone bad. And you've been dragging your feet. You know it's what you need to do, but you haven't done it yet. You're afraid, man, if I do it, things are going to get worse. And you know what? They might. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. But God's ultimate plan is bigger and better than yours. Some of you, he's going to ask you to go back to college. Or maybe to change your major because he's wanting to do something different. God has a way of rearranging our plans. For some, it may be to reach out to a neighbor, to a friend, to someone who's far from God, someone that you work with, and you're thinking, man, I tried that, did that, been there, didn't work, and God's prompting you again to do it, to not give up on them. What is God asking you to do or to believe? And then you get ready to do it. And here's the thing. You have to remember this. You might want to write this down. The outcome is up to God. Your responsibility is to obey. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. The outcome is always and has always belonged to God. Obedience is yours. What's going to happen? How, how's it going to work out? Where, where, how's, where, where's it going to come down? The outcome, the results, they belong to God. That's God's corner. All you're called to do is take a step of faith and obey the thing God shows you to do. What is God calling you to do or to believe? Mary asked, how's this going to happen? It's a legit question. And the angel said, God's going to do it. You don't have to connect all the, all the dots. So for those of you who want to know, how's it all going to work out and how does it... God's not going to connect every dot for you. You better just lay that down or you'll be frustrated the rest of your life. We struggle with control. God says, no, I'm not going to negotiate control with you. Lay down control. God says, will you just believe? Will you believe that I loved you so much I sent my one and only son for you? I loved you so much my son went to the cross for you. I loved you so much Jesus died on that cross he bled, he suffered, he was buried, he rose again. And because of that, you can be forgiven. God says, I want you in a relationship with me. Will you believe it? What is God calling you to do or to believe? And then we just do it. Because his plans are bigger and his plans are better. Maybe you're an older person here and You've been a Christian for a while and you've walked with God and you think you've got a rhythm down and you kind of have it figured out. And just be careful of rhythms because rhythms can become ruts. And God wants to kick out the sides of your rut and get you back in the game. God's not done with you yet. Just because you're getting older, God doesn't want you sitting around dreaming, calculating up all your money about how much it takes to live a comfortable and convenient life. 
Because he's not interested in making your life so comfortable and convenient. God is interested in you, in you being in the game. Don't tap out. God wants to use you to mentor a younger person. God wants to use you to, to be involved in ministry and caring for the needs around the world and in our community. God's not done with you. So just say yes to God. Surrender yourself like that teenage virgin girl did 2,000 years ago to God's goodness, to his sovereign plan, to allow his interruption to be your invitation into a higher calling and a higher purpose with different plans, bigger plans, better plans. And she just responded with that simple, I'm your servant, God, here am I. Be it unto me according to your word. In other words, I'm not going to cave into fear. I'm not going to cave into fear about the future and about how God will work things out. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him because I'm his servant and he is God. And he has a good heart. Would you pray with me? Let's do that right now. Remember the outcome ultimately is God's. Obedience is what he calls us to do. So Father, today I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. And I just want to ask a question in this quiet moment of praying. What is God calling you to do or what is he calling you to believe? What is he calling to your heart this morning? Will you obey? And I don't know what exactly that looks like for you, but for each one of us, it's probably a little bit different, but I want to encourage you to say yes to God. And if you're struggling to say yes to God, get with some friends, get with a family member, get with someone who is walking with God and ask them to pray with you, talk to them. But just in this moment, we know the Spirit of God is with us in this moment. that's your heart to say, God, here's your servant. I'm saying, yes, be it unto me according to your word, Lord. And I'm going to obey what you ask me to do. If that's your heart, just in this moment, would you lift your hand to God? Say, yes, Lord, that's me. I'm doing it. I'm willing to obey. I'm turning my life over to you. Amen. Amen. just continue to pray because ultimately that's that's God's desire for our life to be surrendered to him not to serve our own desires not to build our own little kingdom but to be participators in God building his bigger kingdom so Lord we want that would you help us Lord to have those conversations we need to have this week in our life groups and in our families in our friendships God just to get real with people be open, to be honest, to communicate the areas where we're fearing, where we're struggling. And Lord, just to see you do something powerful and mighty in our lives, God. Just while we're praying, I know that for some of us, maybe you're here this morning and you, as you hear that, you're, you know to be really, really honest that you're, you couldn't honestly say, I'm God's servant. And that God is the center of my life. 
I've never really said that. Yes, I commit to you, God. Because I have been afraid of what that looks like or I haven't fully understood it. And today, I'm making that step of faith to say yes to God. I'm opening my heart to you, God. Be the forgiver of my sin and the leader of my life. If that's you, just in this quiet moment, would you slip up your hand to God just to say yes to Him? That's your yes to God. Amen. Amen. That's good. Good. Yep. Good. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You see these hands, God, and you know the hearts that they represent and the commitments of our life, God. We can't keep those commitments without your grace. So, Lord, we invite you right now. Would you pour in grace to each one of these who lifted their hand and opened their heart and said yes to you, God? We have no illusion that we can do this in our own power and strength. We're asking you, Holy Spirit, to fill us, empower us, strengthen us, motivate us, break off sin from our life, and help us, God, to begin to walk a whole new trajectory of life. That's our desire. Be it unto us, God, according to your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.